again, thank you for taking your time to be with me. There's, there's a lot going on in our world. There's a lot going on in our, our country. Um, as you know, we've had kind of a crazy year, and uh, I hope if you're a believer, you have the, the same resolution as me, which is that what we always need, no matter what is going on in our life, is more and more of Christ. We need more and more of Jesus in our world. He is the only solution to uh, our problems and the things that are going on. Um, and this passage is very much so speaking into the kind of Jesus that we need in our lives and the kind of contentment and, and help and things that we need. So I'm, I'm really excited to jump into it. But these are the, the words of Jesus. Where it's, the, it's the Last Supper, which you know is the, the most famous dinner in human history. Um, it's, it's literally happening right in front of us in this passage. And I don't know if you knew this, but that supper actually takes place from chapter 11 all the way to 19. You've probably seen the, the painting before. You guys know the, the whole story, et cetera, et cetera. But we're going to start at John 14, verse 1. We're going to read 11 verses. And Jesus says this. He's at the dinner table. And he says this. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Now notice this next verse, verse four. Jesus says this, and you know the way to where I'm going. I wanna underscore that in our, in our reading. You know the way to where, the way to where I'm going. Jesus combines the way and the where. Verse five, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going, period. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. What an amazing statement he makes about himself. No one comes to the Father except through me. Verse seven, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm right in front of you, Thomas. And Philip is about to go on. And Philip and Thomas, who both, both don't really get a lot of time, like in the Bible, like they, they get like a sno short little snapshot in history. They're probably up in heaven going like, really, God, like the one thing you recorded for each one of us is this like horrible moment of ourselves where we just didn't know what was going on. Really, God? So verse eight, Philip kind of tags on with Thomas in the same way. He says, Lord, Show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Jesus, or how can you say, show us the Father? Verse 10, Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or else believe on account of the works themselves. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we need so much help from outside of ourselves to understand. So Holy Spirit, we're asking for your help. Uh, would you help me to say things that are true? Uh, would you help those who are listening to be able to receive them? And would they not just pass in one ear and then out the other, but uh, would you change us more into the likeness of Christ? And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Okay, so uh, I want to start by talking about, um, oh, well, not start, it'll kind of be a theme throughout the, the lesson, is uh, pain and disappointment. 
And you're going, wait a second. <laughs> we just read this passage about Jesus and the Lord's Supper, and he's saying all these great things. Where are you getting pain and disappointment from? Well, stick with me. Um, if you're a, a praying person, if you're a believer, if you're a, if you're a Christian, if you spend time with the Lord, I want us to lean into the reality that for those of us who are following Jesus, who are talking to Jesus, um, that there are those days that what you ask for doesn't happen. Like you pray for something, you ask for something, or worse, you maybe on the other end of the spectrum, you ask for something and you get it only to lose it. Um, I've got a lot of examples I could come up with, but maybe just insert your own. Those are some, some difficult days and difficult moments and difficult times. And I want to think about um, that this morning if we can, because I actually think at this most famous dinner in human history, Jesus gives us a clue as to why we feel so much pain and disappointment. Jesus said in verse 1 in our passage, if you noticed, a very interesting statement. Let not your hearts be troubled. And it's like, okay, Jesus, easier said than done. Like, through this life, we're not promised, you know, a perfect life with total prosperity all the time, and uh, we have difficulty and pain. Jesus even promises us pain. He says your, your lives won't be easy in, in a way. And I, I would never dismay, dismiss your pain or disappointment. I don't think the Bible does that. I don't think Jesus says that. But Jesus does make a promise to us, or he asks us to do something. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. And so life is fleeting. It's, it's painful. It's challenging. And so maybe you even feel troubled today, or have felt troubled in this season, or, or recently. If you do feel troubled, then this is for you, is my point. Jesus says, don't be troubled because there's a house, there's a home I'm preparing for you. This is not your home. You're here temporarily. You're on your way home. I did what you couldn't do for yourself. I took your sin upon me for all of your, your wrong. I prepared a place called righteousness, and you can receive it just by believing, right? That's the gospel story that you, you know well. And so Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Why? Because you know the way to where I'm going. And that's in verse four. What I asked you to kind of underscore is, and you know the way to where I'm going. A fascinating statement. Why does he combine the way and the where? Why is the why significant? Why is the, the where significant? Jesus is telling his disciples something that's absolutely imperative for us to underscore and to understand in our whole lives. He is saying that you know the destination of life. That's chiefly what he's saying. You know the destination of life, the point and the purpose of your life. We're all always asking that question, right? Like, why am I here? What's my point? What's my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? He says, you know. And he says, don't be troubled. You're gonna go through troubling times. You're gonna go through pain. You're gonna go through loss, but you actually know the point of everything. And you know how to get there. That's quite a statement. It's a powerful statement. Because we're always trying to figure out this thing called life. They're all sitting at this meal. And Jesus says to the now 11 disciples, he says, you know the point. You know the destination. You know how to get there. So don't be troubled. And Thomas, such a classic human being, I think we all relate to him and sometimes belittle him. You can either belittle Thomas or you can relate to him. But he, he says this in verse five. He's like, no, 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 wait a second. We don't know the way to where we're going, right? He, he's confused. 
And Thomas, he says, and how can we know the way? He wants to know. He's like, you're, you're, you're acting like you're giving us the answer, but we don't understand. I don't understand. Thomas is like, Jesus, I hate it when you talk like this. We don't know what you're saying. I, I don't understand you. We're, we're confused. You're speaking in troubling terms. You're talking about us not being troubled, but you're speaking in troubling terms. We don't know how to get there. And it's, it's funny. If you look at Jesus' response, I think it's important to notice. He's not like, Tommy, calm down bad little boy, spanking time, like that's, that's not what he does. He, he's not like, where's your gratitude? He looks at Thomas and he says, I am, which you should pay attention anytime Jesus says, I am, because he's revealing himself. He says, Thomas, I am the destination. I am the way. I'm how to get there. There have been thousands of sermons, like I said, on this particular verse, verse six, where Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And I I could spend our whole sermon kind of dissecting each one of these, the whole lesson, our whole time talking about that, but you've, you've probably heard lessons on it before, A, and I think you guys are pretty theologically astute. So really what, what I thought would be best to do in my heart is just the simplest way of interpreting this verse. And the simplest way of interpreting this verse is that Jesus is just answering Thomas's question. That's all he's doing. It's beautiful. It's loaded with theology. We, we could spend all day talking about the, the way and, and the truth and the life and what all of that means. But at the base of what this passage is doing, the, the foundation, the floor level of what Jesus is doing, all that he's doing is he's answering Thomas's question. Thomas is, is lost in his heart. He's disturbed in his heart. He's troubled, and Jesus is like, Thomas, I am. I'm the the answer to your question. And Philip, like I said, sort of doubles down with Thomas, and he says this in verse eight, just show us the Father. Like, just show us God, that'll be enough. In the same vein. And you can tell Jesus, maybe you can't tell, I kind of get the feeling that Jesus may be a little bit exacerbated at this point, almost like there's like exclamation points. And he's like, Philip, how can you even say that? How can you say, show me the Father? Why? Because I'm right in front of you. I'm right here. I am. I am the Father. I am home. I am the way. I am the life. I am the truth. And it's no wonder that John, in the beginning of his gospel, uh, which was where we're pulling from, John 14, John chapter 1, verse 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and this mysterious, profound next part that says, and the word was God. One and the same. And John wants to introduce us immediately to the fact that Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He is righteousness. He is goodness. He is truth. He is three in one. We start to feel a little better about ourselves because all all the disciples had three years with Jesus and and we just get, we we don't have any like perfect physical time with Jesus in in bodily form. Um, Anyways, Jesus was a, a real person and Jesus is a reality today. And so what are some implications, applications, some thoughts as we're kind of thinking through this? Uh, again, there are just a hundred directions I feel like you could, you could go with this passage, but I'm trying to stay at the base level. Um, in all of our living, 
and all of our moving and all of our vacationing and all of our jobbing, our, our work that we do, all of our adulting, you know, adulting's a, a term now. You kind of get a pat on the back for being an adult. Um, let's not forget that the point is him. That the point of our lives in everything, everything is Christ. The goal is actually not to use him and to walk with him as long as he gets you to where you want to go. Isn't that so often what we do? We, we have relationship with God. We've been justified by him. We've been saved by him. We're walking out our lives in faith. But don't we so often in our sinfulness almost twist God's hand and try to get him to take us where we want to go? Have you ever had one of those days where you're mad at God because the, the deal that y'all have hasn't gotten where you wanted, gotten you where you wanted? You haven't gotten me where I wanted to go, so I'm not going to read the Bible today. Or I'm upset and frustrated at my family, so I'm not going to spend time with you today. Or what, whatever it is, insert the, the blank. And then a, a, another thing that we do, and I, I'm learning and growing in this. You guys know this probably better than I do. We, we play this game in our minds, if, if I get this or if I get there, then I'll be happy. Right? Don't we do that all the time? Like if I, if, I, if I just get this or if I just have this or if I can finally go on this vacation or have this place to stay or this car, whatever it is, house, family, only to get there and then to invent a new there, right? <laughs> like we just keep creating these things for ourselves. You get there and then you're like, yeah, this is pretty good, but now I need to get over there or now I need to get this. And it's just this constant thing that we hope will make us happy or a complete person. And sometimes even God gets you there and he, he lets you get there or, or blesses you to get there. And we just keep going, I'm sure I just need some more of this or that. And then there's another element to it that's like now that I'm there, it's, it's actually a lot of work and it's a lot of drama and there's a lot more to it than I thought it was gonna be. There's so many elements. It just keeps going on and on and then finally we have that realization, hopefully, from the Spirit, where he corrects us, where he goes, oh, that's right. It's all only about Jesus. Everything in my life, every moment, everything that I experience, every relationship that I have, every place that I go, every spot that I'm placed in, what I think Jesus is trying to do for the disciples, which he's also trying to do for us as we read, is save us the pain and save us the trouble Save us the insert the blank by saying, hey, it's about me. Right? It's not about you. I'm for you. I'm your God. I want to bless your life. I've placed you. But at the end of the day, your ultimate fulfillment isn't found in yourself or in all of these horizontal things. So don't let your hearts be troubled, Jesus says. Why? Because I'm the way to where you're going. The destination is him. He's the way, and he is the life. So here's my recommendation, that we use the disappointment and or the pain, whatever you experience, to remember that it's only ever about him, about Christ. Can I encourage you today have you lost what you've loved? Have you learned that what you always dreamed of wasn't actually what you thought it was gonna be? 
And has it left you despondent? Has it left you disappointed? Agitated? Let's recall, let's remember that it's about Jesus. The way and the where should transform the dynamic of our whole lives. Every relationship that we encounter, every situation we come up against in our work, every place that we want to go to, we have already arrived because we are at home in Jesus. The way and the where should transform us. And so, if we've already arrived because we are at home in Jesus, I wonder if we could be the kind of community that looked something like this. That looked more like a home. Aren't we really good at developing and making our homes here? I just got married and um, my wife is a graphic designer, so she's incredibly creative and unique and I was renting a house before she moved in, and let me just tell you, it does not look at all like the house that I was living in now that she's here. There's plants everywhere, and there's color everywhere, and uh, the gifts that we received, she's like going crazy with, and we've got a whole room dedicated to storage now. It's kind of our junk room, but um, anyways, it's, it's really, really fun. It's, it's, it's a ton of fun, but aren't we so good at just like doing so well with our homes here? And I think Jesus wants to speak into that too. He's like, you realize that this is not your home, right? And we know that, if you, especially if you've you know, grown up here or been going to church here for a long time. We're taught that, but we're such a here and now people. We have such a hard time having vision for the future, right? And Jesus reminds us with his words, his famous words, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, and you know the destination of life. You know where you're going. You know this isn't your home. Your home's in heaven. I'm going to prepare a place for you, and you'll be there forever. You've got 80 to 100 years, whatever it is here, and then all of eternity at home in heaven. So what if we were the kind of people, the kind of community that just felt a lot more like home instead of home? No, it's okay. I don't need anything. I'm already home. I've already arrived. I'm with Christ. I'm a citizen of heaven, as Paul says in Philippians. I know where I'm going. Why am I here? What's the point of being here? There's nothing wrong with... Uh, an earthly home? What's, what's the point of being here? To see him, to know God, to have relationship with him, and then to make him known. That's why we're here. Uh, it's, a, it's a powerful thought. That Jesus is the point of our lives. I don't think I can say it enough and my fear is that it's so mundane and routine and that we've heard it so often that it just kind of soars right past us and we can go on with our day. But I, I try to type out a statement that I could just tell to myself and repeat to myself in my devotional time and when I'm alone and just journal about and I want to read it to you and I, I'm praying even as I'm reading it that it just really pierces us because the, the loaded power of the truth that's happening here. Uh, is kind of the point I've been trying to make and the point that I think Jesus is trying to make. He says this, or I, I wrote this. This whole world is about one person and his name is Jesus. 
for Jesus is God. And you cannot know God without Jesus. How does he heal? It's free. His healing is free. That's why it's called gospel. It's called good news. It'd be average news if I told you you had to do something to get healed. That's normal. We all get that. It's good because you don't have to do anything. It's already been done. You can be forgiven forever. And here comes the awe settling over your life. I'm forgiven. I'm accepted. I'm loved. I'm right with God. And then you take everything that we've been reading in this passage and you tack that onto it. Not just have I been saved, not just have I been loved by a God and who, who has sent his son to live a perfect, sinless life for me, to die on the cross, to be raised, to be making a propitiation for my sins in heaven. It's not just that. But now I get to live a life that's acceptable and pleasing to him. I get to live a life that's supported under the, the truth and the promise of this passage that I know the way to where I'm going. I don't have to be troubled. I'm gonna have troubling times. I'm gonna have pain. I'm gonna have strife. I'm gonna have problems. But I know the way to where I'm going. Jesus, he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. It's so simple, yet so profound. Here's some helps for you. I tried to think of some helps I could share with you. Is Jesus the most precious and most valuable thing to you in your life? Is he your treasure? If you're a student of the word, you know Jesus makes that point all of the time. He cares about your heart and what's going on the inside and what, where he's placed Who's on the throne in your soul, in your heart? Who's number one? Jesus gets the glory of being the way, not a way. He gets the glory of being the truth, not just any truth, but the truth and the life, not just any life, but the life. And as he does, we get the joy and the peace and the stability of having Jesus as our Lord and our Savior and our treasure. And my question to you again is, do you have that? And for sure, we should talk about the truth and live at our faith and our jobs and our school, et cetera, et cetera, the sweetness of treasuring Jesus. But, but do you treasure him in the depths of your soul when you're alone with him? I, I'm not even as far along as you guys and I can already tell that my life is just getting busier and busier and busier and I feel like I have less and less and less time. It's so true. I always heard my grandma or someone old say to me, every day gets faster and faster and every year goes by quicker and quicker. And she's so right. She's so true. I, I plead with my college students to make the most of their time. And I'm, I'm just 26. I'm sure you know it better than I do. But what Jesus said in John 14, 6 was this. No one comes to the Father except through me. I want to share with you a, a quick story of Mary and Martha. It's from Luke chapter 10. You don't have to turn there, but you can. I'm just reading 38 through 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. You've heard this story before. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Really important. Don't miss it. But Martha 
was distracted with much serving. And she went up to Jesus and she said to him, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. It's really important when Jesus repeats himself because he's getting really serious. He says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion and it will not be taken away from her. The whole world's about one person. Our whole lives are about one person. Jesus has made a way for us to be healed and to find freedom. And it's not just something that he's promised once we get to heaven. He's promised real healing today, right now. Peace from your anxiety. Rest from your weariness. Those who trust in the Lord will mount up on wings like eagles. Their strength shall be renewed. They will run and not grow faint. They won't be weary, Isaiah says. Lasting, eternal healing and freedom. It's found by abiding in him. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. He's the life. Are you like Philip? Are you like Thomas? Do you resonate with them? I do. Life is troubling. It's hard. A lot of times the truth is confusing and I don't understand it. But I think we all can understand that Jesus is the way, he's the truth, he's the life, and we know the way to where we're going. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for this time in your word. I thank you for um, each person in this room, and I pray for uh, and over their souls. Um, would you bless their life with more of you? Um, so often we, we may not even be the kind of people who pray and ask you for more things, but our sinful hearts and our minds are just constantly wanting more. I know that at least to be true for myself. And so I come before you and humbly pray and say thank you that I know the way to where I'm going. And we know where you have been and where you've gone. Thank you for revealing yourself to us in bodily form and also revealing yourself to us through the power of this book, your word. I pray that we would be the kind of people who don't get so caught up in our homes here but are all out and all about, totally passionate for building our home and storing up our treasures in heaven where you are. Would you help us to do that as I prayed at the beginning? We, we need so much help from outside of ourselves. We're so weak and frail on our own. I thank you that grace is a reality, that mercy is a reality, that forgiveness is something we can actually experience and know to be true in our lives. So if we need that this morning, which we need that every day, but um, would you grant it to us? Would you help us to step uh, on the right foot and get on the right path, get running the race, get back to fighting the good fight and storing up our treasures in heaven and knowing you and making you known. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. All right. Thanks for having me. Love you guys a ton. And I will see you around.